Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about strike modifiers. We even talked about strikes that only show up in heroic Mercury adventures and how Bungie needs to bring some of the fun back and even some of the cooler uh, modifiers back to the game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch up with me uh, live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. That's when these hit the feeds. If I'm not live, just throw me a follow on my Twitch channel. That helps me out as well as throwing me a follow subscription or a like on YouTube or the various places where you might be listening to this. So let's jump right into the questions. This is an hour before Revelry goes live. So I am going to just chop the Q&A as soon as Revelry goes live so we can kind of cover it and talk about everything that's going on. So uh, aid ADJC says, do you think that they should bring back rainbow mode in Nightfalls like in our uh, OI? Yeah, like I said, the Mayhem modifier was awesome and they need to bring that back. I could get behind rainbow burn as well. Something that I talked about is one of the things I felt like they did a really good job of in Destiny 1 was they would say, here is a modifier, here is a perk, here is a something that brings two things, benefit and pain. Right now, I feel like so much of the game is rooted in, is it going to be painful? Uh, Right? We always look here. We're like, okay, what's the singe? And then we look here. These two perks are generally pretty lame. Or like, we're like, oh, this isn't as painful as yesterday. So instead of looking at the modifiers and saying, oh, this is going to be fun. Or, oh, that's not bad. I really like this more. We're generally saying... Doesn't does it suck or not? <laughs> We're usually saying that it's like, well, how bad do the modifiers suck today? And there's like a couple that are that are pretty good. Like prism with heavy weight and a singe is probably the only modifier combination that's exciting. The rest of them usually have you kind of like ugh, wincing in pain a little bit because you don't want to go in and deal with it. So I would bring back the fun as well as the idea of you can give us a benefit that sort of has the underbelly of like. Eh, braced frame makes you really stable you lose ammo you know hand laid stock makes you really stable you lose range stuff like that i think modifiers did a better job of that in destiny one where it brought excitement but it also brought some pain as well <clears throat> uh an ed, uh and dime says with bungie's insistence on not letting us benefit from multiple characters masterworks from pinnacle being the latest um why don't they let us combine everything down to one character and let us swap classes on the go. There's clearly some dissonance in the game where it's you benefit from having three characters, milestones, raid runs, etc. I happen to think their control on the pinnacle uh, weapons is stupid and uncalled for. That's my that's what I think. I think it's out of step with the rest of the game. In the rest of the game, I can run the raid three times. I can do the nightfall uh, milestone three times. I can do all the milestones three times, right? With pinnacle weapons, if it's a seasonal pinnacle weapon, and I can pick it up a second and third time and dismantle it for masterwork cores, that's 14 masterwork cores. I think that is a completely legitimate benefit for getting a pinnacle weapon. It's nothing in the grand scheme of things. 14 masterwork cores is nothing. If they make that change, everything comes into alignment. Everything is exactly as it should be, because... Now you get the benefit three times. You benefit from the raid three times. You benefit from the milestones three times. And you benefit from the pinnacle weapon three times. That, to me, makes way more sense than, like, you're saying, oh, just bring everything together under one, you know, you're you're asking for things to be account shared that maybe aren't presently account shared. Um... I just think it's, I just think it's silly. It's, again, it's out of step with the rest of the game. 
uh, Akiba. Do you think Destiny 2 could use a boss rush mode like Prison of Elders? I'm a D1 veteran. I really miss the mindless grind of it. I think the Infinite Forest and the Haunted Forest and maybe the Verdant Forest will be like this. I like the idea of bum rushing through it through a fight and then there's a boss bum rushing through a fight and then there's a boss the forges you do this once and the reckoning kind of you do a boss at the very beginning and then there's a boss at the very end uh it's not really a boss though on on the reckoning strike two and three you don't have to kill the guy at the beginning he just really really helps because he gives you a ton of the momentum or or whatever it is that you need i uh, dominance i don't necessarily know if they've done a good job with this, I think they could do a better job, and maybe that's what the the six man activity will be in season of opulence. Maybe they'll give us something like that. That's like a a, a boss rush, or people are you know speculating maybe a horde mode. I speculated that it'd be a horde mode in the Castellum, and that could be how they do it. Right, every time you beat around, a boss comes out. That could be similar to what you're talking about. And that'd be a good way to kind of get some use out of some of the fun bosses and even fun boss mechanics that are in the game. This is why I liked Court of Oryx. It took the fun intensity of a boss fight and you just kept, kept you could just keep doing it over and over again. You know, I like that. Because obviously you had to get the mechanics down for some of them, like get the two bro- get the two uh, knights close together. Well, it was a knight and a, and a centurion, I think get them close together or get the exploding thrall to blow up near the ogre or kill the eyes and then kill the ogre and then kill the witch like there was something fun about just grinding those bosses over and over and over again i could see them doing something like that uh in the future ag uh adjc says one modifier that should be brought back should be increased special weapon damage which usually worked out pretty well and made it so people could use shotguns and snipers more likely small arms uh was another one that worked really well heavyweight increased more damage from heavy weapons okay this this isn't a question um i think somebody in chat even kind of scolded you for this try to make sure you're asking a question i will i will say if you were listening to the talk elementalist is a modifier in the game and it only shows up in the heroic Mercury Adventures. Elementalist energy weapon damage is increased. Grenades deal more damage and recharge faster. Melee damage is decreased. That 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 kind of already exists in the game. They just have to push it into strikes. And again, I think it'd be cooler instead of just pushing those into strikes. I think doing thematic weeks, as I said in the talk, where the whole week has a certain feel. And not only does that week have a certain feel, maybe you put a weapon that has a chance to drop in strikes, so you have a reason to grind strikes, and it's only available for that week. And you just rotate these thematic weeks every you know every there's like four of them or something. Eknor. What do you think of modifiers all around the system like everywhere and raise the difficulty of open world? More modifiers like uh, increased loot in public events, strikes this week or enemy specific cabal has a chance to drop new exotic. Modifiers in a raid like the idea everyone is up for the raid. Uh, making things easy for casuals uh, in a raid week. I'm just going to keep skipping questions that aren't questions. Jinja uh, 300 Do you think Destiny should not make itself seriously sometimes, uh, not take itself seriously sometimes, and more comedic modifier, something similar to Grunt Birthday Party from Halo or Big Head Mode? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if we want to go down like the comedic silly lane of like, let's let's uh, let's just make things you know wild and crazy like Big Head Mode. I think they have enough in their corner to say, let's kind of bring back the spirit of Rainbow Burn or Daybreak and bring back the fun without being absurd or silly. I don't know if I want the silliness in Destiny. 
Uh, I don't know if I want the big head mode and stuff like that. Um, so I, I would think it might be better to just say bring the fun and bring the the razzmatazz and not you know oh we got big head mode this week. I mean, okay, why you know? Uh, Rainbin. How about explaining how heavy ammo drops function or at least make it at least somewhat consistent? Yeah, I don't know if they'll ever they'll ever really address this. The drops are certainly inconsistent. The modifiers themselves don't seem to do anything. They don't seem to be consistent either. I feel like the drops are all over the place. You put on like heavy ammo finder and I don't feel like I don't feel like we see anything significant with heavy ammo finder. Um so, you know, they need to say, okay, special ammo finder does this, heavy ammo finder does this, and make it clear in the game that it's having an effect. Because right now, it just doesn't seem like they do anything, and drops are weird. I'll go, there, there are times where I'll be in like a public space or doing something, and like seven purple bricks end up in the same little spot. And then I'll go for three hours and feel like I can't get anything to drop. What the heck is going on? I will say this. I will say this. I felt like, and maybe this was just all in my imagination, Niobe Labs was the most consistent ammo economy I think I've ever seen in Destiny. I felt like I was very easily fed ammo in that environment. Now, I put on Taken Armaments at one point to, like, guarantee myself heavy, but that was only because I wanted to use heavy more. I wanted to use heavy more, so I used Taken Armaments to feed myself heavy back. I still felt like when I was in Niobe Labs, it was the most consistent ammo economy. Now, Niobe Labs had its own problems and its own issues. I'm just talking about the actual ammo economy in there. How often were you feeding me greens and purples felt way more predictable than anywhere else in the game. And we were in there for a long, long time. So, Fallen Armaments. Oh, yeah, I used Fallen Armaments in there, not Taken. Uh, Misery. Do you think that having weekly strike modifiers come as possible multiple choice would be an idea worth considering? Say each week they would give you two or three different modifier loadouts that people could choose from. I don't know if you want to go this far down the road. I like the idea of them saying, we want to make modifiers more exciting. We want to make modifiers more about giving you fun, giving you power while also having some pain. I don't necessarily think we need to go all the way down the road and be like, and here's your 10 modifiers for the week. Just pick what you want. To be fair, you can do this in Nightfalls already. There's only three Nightfalls a week. Okay, sure. But you can go into a Nightfall and you can set up whatever the frick you want. You can put on everything or nothing. Well, not everything. You can only put on a couple of things, but still, you get the point. If you're going to be picking modifiers, it's not much different. It's not much different than what we already kind of have for Nightfalls. So I, again, think it would be, I would more focus on not giving us options to choose, but give us more fun to be had. And then you got to put loot in there. You don't, it doesn't matter how much you dress up strikes right now. You make them, if you add, if you added snowballs every other week and Siva charges every other week and swords every other week, like you're always kind of changing up strikes. None of that really matters if you're not putting loot in there. Why am I going and grinding strikes? What's the freaking point? Because right now, if you're not doing a milestone, it doesn't matter. If you don't need a milestone, it doesn't matter. You run your three and then you're done, basically. Sinairu uh, Ryu says, what, uh, what does all coming today with the update? 
Well, today is just Revelry, which is a three-week-long event that brings new things to the Eververse. It brings a new activity called the Verdant Forest, and it brings an exotic linear fusion that can bust shields quicker and then do increased damage on a broken shield uh, target. Um, AL Aquarius. To myself, strike modifiers aren't really a big deal. However, I'd be interested in your thoughts about fun modifiers like Halo Headshots, Fireworks. Yeah, we already talked about goofy, goofy ones. Uh, the Phil, what in your opinion is the best and worst thing Bungie has done with Destiny? Overall, what do you think they can learn from it? And do you think they have? Well, the best thing they did is related to the worst thing they did. Uh, d- random rolls is one of the best things they brought back to Destiny. It was a great, great, great change. was really, really needed. One of the worst things they've ever done was static rolls. Like, the two are interrelated. One of the reasons that, one of the reasons that it was so good to finally... To finally go back to a a random roll system was static roll was just so unsatisfying. Static roll wasn't just unsatisfying. Static rolls actually hurt the content. If you were to go back in time and replay Curse of Osiris with random rolls, it would probably be praised more than Warmind. I bet. I bet people would have praised it more than Warmind. They'd have been like, there was way more weapons, and grinding for the random rolls with the forge was really, really fun. You could really, really push. You could really, really push for the perfect roll. Well, nobody freaking did that because it was like, you did it, got the gun done. Did it, got the gun done. Once you got the 11 guns, you were literally done. Right? Imagine grinding for a god roll on any one of those weapons there were some really good weapons in there imagine some of those weapons being made better right some of those weapons could have been made better with the year 2 treatment not only random rolls but the mod slots so random rolls really really did more than just make content boring it actually chopped content's legs off it's like this content's gonna get no traction static rolls so one of the best things they did was they brought random rolls it made forsaken and the black armory some of the best content if not the best content of destiny 2 forsaken and black armory is the best content they've made for destiny 2 i think it's better than warmind because warmind as good as it was was still a bunch of static roll stuff even the armor, the armor pieces from Escalation Protocol, Escalation Protocol shotgun, that submachine gun, that sniper, all that stuff, the armor pieces in the guns would be far more interesting with random rolls. It chopped the legs off of all the content in the past. It's, un- it's really, really unfortunate. Uh, Carabin says, what do you think about moving armor perks to character perks that you can choose to upgrade with enhancement cores? This would allow players to fluidly choose and upgrade perks on their character and wear armor that they uh, they liked, they look or without forfeit of perk diversity. Moving armor perks to character perks so you can choose and upgrade with enhancement cores. This would allow players to fluidly choose upgrade perks on their character and wear armor they like. No, see, what you're doing is, is you're divorcing ability and strength from the loot, and you don't want to do that in Destiny. You're robbing the game of grind when you do that. Like, you're really robbing the game of grind. I I think d- there's a multifaceted purpose to saying, I really, really want to get this pair of gauntlets or boots or whatever, and I want to get a certain roll on it. Right now, the main struggle, you're not solving a problem with this. You're punting. You're doing what they did with Destiny 2. You're saying, oh, people don't like the lack of agency over what they look like. Let's freaking punt, okay? 
that's not helpful basically what he's saying is you would have character perks that you upgrade with enhancement core so your 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 resistance your recovery and your agility would all be something that you invest in personally and then your armor can just look however the frick you want it to look my problem with that is that doesn't solve a problem i would much rather say that's not even like in destiny one in destiny one your tier 12 your intellect discipline and strength came from your armor if the problem is lack of agency if i could grind for a pair of gauntlets over and over and over again until i got the roll that i wanted that's how you fix the problem this chest piece this pair of boots this helmet looks dope and i want a certain roll give me a lane to grind for it we do that with weapons don't we we did that with raids we've done that with nightfall specific loot and we've done that with ada's bounties we're like oh there's a weapon that i want let me try and get the roll that i want why in the blue frick would you not want them to do that with armor that would be such a good move for armor oh i really really like the armor set from zavala this week he's got gauntlets and i can grind as much as i want to try to get the roll that i want on those gauntlets or the drifter or shacks whoever the frick this dope helmet that drops from one of the one of the barons right the tro uh for people listening to the audio version it's the toro battle celebration mask it's basically a static roll helmet that drops from one of the from one of the um the adventures on the tangled shore when you fight one of the barons like that's the answer the answer is not to say no 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 completely remove power from the armor so armor is purely aesthetic that's boring it does it's not going to take you that long to get armor pieces that you think look dope and then you're basically done this game doesn't need you to take the grind out of it it needs grind to put into it and i think your your suggestion would create a ridiculous amount of grind kill they're, they're standing on the precipice of a, of a perfect identity, which is every NPC has the ability to be, I'm going to grind for their full armor set or their particular gun set or whatever, and I'm going to try and get the rolls on those things. If you want a full set of IO gear, because you think the IO gear looks dope, well, you should be able to do that and get a dope roll on it. The IO gear looks so cool on all of the classes, like some, you know, smooth alien looking you know like spaceman suits and then you got you got these other ones from titan and nessus that look very similar like the they they got the spaceman visor but then the chest pieces and everything else look very very different like i'm telling you they're sitting on a gold mine i absolutely love the way the braytech stuff looks i love it i love the shoulder pads on the braytech titan armor i love the chest piece i love the freaking boots oh my gosh I love these boots. I would love to grind for a full set of the Braytech stuff with all the rolls that I want. Let me do it. Or these. The ones from Escalation Protocol. They remind me of Wrath of the Machine armor. Oh my gosh. To have intentionality over this grind? Are you freaking kidding me? I would do it. It looks super, super nice. They... (laughs) It's why it gets so frustrating. It's like they have all the pieces, you know? It's like somebody playing... It's like watching somebody play chess like it's checkers. What are you doing? This is chess. You have bishops and you have knights and you have a queen and a king and a rook and another rook, right? 
and you're playing like chess. Like, nah, we're just playing chess. I'm, I'm sorry, you're playing like it's checkers. No, we don't want to play chess. We're just going to play checkers. We're going to take this elaborate system of pieces and strategy, and we're going to say, ah, let's just play checkers instead of utilizing everything that's there. If they, I'm telling you, if they don't invest in the NPCs and the various armor sets and loot pools in this games, if they don't do that this September, it's going to blow my freaking mind. It, I'm, it's a dead serious. It's going to blow my freaking mind. You have an absolute arsenal you have an absolute arsenal of dope looking armor and dope looking guns and you could go even further if you really wanted to what if every armor set offered random perk benefits for that planet so then you could really feel like you know what i'm not quite done yet obviously as i've said before if they did this you'd need a loadout system you would need a loadout system because if you're going to do a strike and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's an IO strike, go into your menu, switch to your IO gear and get those teeny benefits from the IO gear. You would, ne- you, you know how long it would take you to feel like you're quote unquote done with destiny? Do you have a full set from every planet? No? Well, set your sights on that. Well, the benefits aren't that exciting. Well, that's fine. You don't have to. That would feel like a min-maxing endgame capstone to destiny once you kind of get done with the gear it's sort of like okay you know once you're done with the the level grind or once you're done with the new content or whatever you can always loop back and say well i never really got a full set from edz i never really got a full set from here or whatever so i'm telling you they're sitting on an absolute gold mine of grind and longevity Goslin, what if you could get exclusive items from the Nightfall if a heroic strike but a slimmer chance would drop? I, I'm telling you, I don't think you want to do this. I don't think you want to... I don't think you want to push for Nightfall-specific gear to have anything diluted about it, okay? What you want, I think, I'm not telling you what you want, but this is what you want. If you want specific gear for strikes... What you do is you give Zavala a rotating weekly bounty and you pick that bounty up and it's like an Ada bounty. And you just, and here's another thing they need to do. They need bounties that are charged up and discharged, okay? Discharge bounties would enable you to grab the bounty from Zavala, okay? This week, Zavala's got a a hand cannon or a pulse rifle. Uh, let's say he's got a machine gun that you really, really want. They introduce some new Vanguard machine gun that's really cool, and there's potentially a really great roll on it. There's a really great curated roll. When you grab that bounty from Zavala, that should be a bounty that is charged up and discharged. Every three strikes, you can discharge it, and it spits a weapon out. So you don't have to go back to the tower. You just stay in the strike playlist all freaking day and if you stay in the strike playlist the longer you're in there maybe over time it increases the likelihood of you getting the curated role so you have a reason to not skip strikes you're like oh i hate this strike but you know what i don't want to lose our buff i don't want to lose our blessing of the vanguard buff for staying in here longer right now you can leave nightfall specific alone you just leave it alone it's rhythmic urgency whenever it shows up and you want to get the warden's law or you want to get the mindbender shotgun whatever the frick that's fine that's rhythmic urgency the strikes are just always there as a playlist to be grinded and a discharge bounty would number one keep you in the playlist and number two it would enable you to get essentially strike specific loot it would be a vanguard specific drop and then you just give Zavala like, I don't know, four or five guns every season. They rotate each week. There you go. 
I mean, again, 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 they have the systems in place. They've just got to invest in them. I was fully confident going up to Forsaken that they could make Destiny 2 a significantly better game. And, the, and my reasoning was always the same. They've created such good scaffolding, okay? I described it as like when you go into a museum and you see a giant brontosaurus skeleton, you're like, man, that must have been an absolute monster. Destiny 2 at launch was a giant brontosaurus skeleton. No meat on the bones, just really, really giant structure. Like, oh wow, look at the quantity in here. So much to do, nothing on the bones. I think we're in a similar space now. I think there's pieces of the game that are like skeletons. They just got to throw some meat on the bones and they'd be really, really good cyclical content for you to grind whether it's an NPC for a gun or loopable content like Blindwell Escalation Protocol, you know, Archon's Forge, Prison of Elders, stuff like that coming back to the game like the Verdant Forest so 100 bits from McReaper, thank you Robbie uh, Cosham says, do you believe that Bungie have to be careful to avoid the perception that the next annual pass is catered more towards streamers and YouTubers? I don't necessarily think they did this. I think this is a this is a phantom spook story that people tell. They try and act like everything Bungie did for Forsaken and Beyond was just because of the streamer's influence and what people said at the summit. I got news for you. I got news for you. That ain't what was going on. Okay? That's not what happened. Streamers had influence streamers didn't dictate a dad gum thing okay they didn't dictate a dad gum thing the only influence that we've known to be pretty tangible was the enhancement core one and even that i've defended the streamers that i've disagreed with and said you can't hang that on their neck they said make infusion meaningful and bungie did a, made a decision that was not very good i think D Columbian Pride with 24 months of subs. Thank you for keeping your Twitch Prime sub here. That is a gold badge. I appreciate all you guys using your Prime subs here. So I don't think the annual pass, next one, they need to make sure, like, we're not designing this content for streamers. You also have to remember, Forsaken in the annual pass was meant to be the, they were erasing droughts of content and they were giving the hobbyist hardcore players something to do. That was their goal, Right? That was their goal. So I don't I don't think I don't think you can look at the streamer influence and get all that upset. Now somebody does is saying in chat there was a difficulty to escalation protocol that they increased. Um, and again, the streaming community's input doesn't have a great track record right now because like escalation protocol ended up being tied down, like toned down, and the enhancement core infusion issue is pretty frustrating. So I can understand why people would be like, stop listening to streamers, streamers are ruining the game. I don't think both of those issues stack up to a very strong indictment of streamer influence. I think most of what streamers say is in line with what hobbyist players say. We want dope stuff. We want better perks. We want better grind. You know, I don't want to, if you try and hang like the escalation protocol difficulty or enhancement course being an infusion, you want to hang that on streamers and act like that means they've never provided good content or they shouldn't listen to streamers. I don't think you're making a strong case if you try to argue that. And to be fair, I think a lot of the issues with enhancement cores being an infusion and even the escalation protocol difficulty, I think I place way, way more of the blame, like 90% of the blame on Bungie. I don't really hang much on the the necks of streamers because they just went and said their piece and said what they thought. Bungie's ultimately the one that pulled the trigger on decisions. You know, nobody made them. 
Shelby, what other events like the Revelry would you want to see in the future? I want to see Faction Rally come back. I really, really do. I want to see Faction Rally return. I liked it. I like the aesthetic of the different factions. I like how people get in disputes on Twitter about which one's best. I love the the things that you can grind for. And with what we've been talking about with weekly bounties and Ada's bounties and, and grinding for the roles that you want, they could really do something special, I feel like, with Faction Rallies. Uh... List light. Would you like a prestige type of strike nightfall with weapon restrictions? I really love the way it forces us to be decent with all type of weapons. Curated loadouts fell flat on its face. I don't anticipate them ever doing anything with curated loadouts ever again. I don't. People didn't like it. So if that's something that you think is dope, I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think you're ever going to get curated loadout content ever again. Loyal. I have had over 3,000 Dreaming City resources for a while with nothing to use it on in-game. Do you think this is a problem for the game? This is another reason to repurpose NPCs, repurpose ranking with an NPC, seasonal seasonal rewards, something to purchase you know, with your with your currency on their planet. They need to do something. We, we, we all are just bursting at the seams with currency. I mean, anybody who plays is buried in Etheric Spiral and Baryon Bow. What the frick are we doing with them? You know, even if you're just periodically doing flashpoints and then buying materials from the from Spider to make sure you're not at Glimmer Cap, I just what the frick, man? We're just getting buried in currency. So that's why I think like leveling up an NPC to level 50 and then have them sell like really expensive, cool seasonal ornaments for maybe the weapons they have or maybe the the armor that they have or whatever, make it really expensive. So you're like, oh, I need that currency. If you're more casual and you don't have the currency, well, by the time you level that NPC up, you will have the currency. For the rest of us, it would be a way for us to feel rewarded, like, holy frick, I've got all this currency. I can grab I can grab some really dope-looking stuff from Anna Bray or whatever. Uh, resource, uh, resource Carmen. What do you think about random rolls on Curse of Osiris Forge weapons? I mean, I just said that I feel like if, if, if random rolls would have existed back then, I think people would look back more fondly on uh, Curse of Osiris. I do. I think they'd look back more fondly on it. The Hardcore Casual. Do you think the weapon-specific modifiers could bring new weapons uh, into loadouts to inspire different builds? Weapon-specific modifiers. Yeah, I think some of the ones we read... I think some of the ones we read, like when it's like, it's going to make elemental weapons stronger. That's going to make you try out different combinations. Maybe you're going to run Telesto because it's also, you know, elementalist is combined with void singe or something. And then you get out Telesto and it's just unbelievably strong, you know, but that's one of the reasons why I think some of those modifiers need to have some pain that come along with them. You don't want to make the content feel trivial you want the content to feel fun i think there's a there's a fine line between making something just completely and utterly trivial and making it fun there's also a fine line between making something fun and making something narrow reckoning is narrow it's like well if you want to beat the reckoning you better make sure and have this exotic on and spam your supers and everybody stand on the well and use skull and use tether and everything else i just feel like it's it's just too narrow. It hurts the fun factor. Uh, MXYK. With Bungie being an independent studio now, do you think it'd benefit them to work with Microsoft on enabling cross-save on Xbox PC or forcing Sony to either play nice or miss out? Or would that hurt them and help uh, then help when Sony inevitably doesn't play along? 
I think one of the only reasons you don't you don't get it right now is because their contract with Sony probably stipulates that they can't offer cross save to the other platforms. Sony wants exclusivity, and you and you damage that exclusivity when you say, "Oh, hey, by the way, Xbox players, you can bring your characters over to PC." I mean, Bungie benefits from that, right? That's increased sales. That's more people buying the game. There are plenty of people. There are plenty of people that would probably say, you know what? I've got a pretty good computer and my buddies play on computer. Cross save would let me periodically boot up the PC and play with these guys, you know? And then I can go back to Xbox and play with my Xbox homies. But you can't cross save. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sony's contract blocks it across the board. So I would hope that this September is the cessation of Sony exclusivity. Just be freaking done with it. No more. And start getting things ready for this idea of, I, I, I think there's a world. Okay, I'm not saying this is going to happen. But I could envision a world where Bungie is working with both Epic and Microsoft to create a more seamless experience for players with respect to both cross-save and cross-play. I think it could happen. Sony uh, would have to play ball, obviously. But if you look at the tweet announcements, when Bungie announced going independent, Phil Spencer and the CEO of Epic jumped on that tweet immediately. I don't think that was an accident. I think that was calculated, right? It's calculated. I think that there's something... I, I would not be surprised... There could be, there could be an investment in the future of Bungie from Epic and Microsoft. I even said this morning, what if the next Destiny is on the Epic Store and it's in the Unreal Engine? How do you get in the Unreal Engine? Well, Epic could lend you some developers. Microsoft could maybe lend you some developers. Maybe they could lend you the dedicated servers. I don't know. It could all interface together. And then that investment is contractual with respect to when D3 starts selling and they start making money on D3, Epic and Microsoft get kickbacks from that. So at the at this current juncture, no money is going to Epic and Microsoft, okay? But there could be a future where Epic and Microsoft are considered an inv- investors in the franchise of Bungie with respect to basically helping to build the next game. I mean, there could be a world where that happens. Another world that we imagined this morning is NetEase gave a bunch of money to Bungie to build a new IP. What if that new IP is in the Unreal Engine and Bungie is using that money to train their employees to build in Unreal to both build the new IP as well as figure out how to work in Unreal for the next Destiny? There's a variety of options here that could lead towards Sony not having exclusivity anymore and us getting a much better version of Destiny. I'm not making predictions. I'm just saying a lot of these things are potential. If we're getting a 2020 release, it needs to be on Unreal. I I would agree that it, it needs to be, the next game needs to be in a new engine. And I think those are ways that it could happen. Those are ways that it could happen. Uh, why is Midnight Coup still so good? The Midnight Coup is good because weapons can perform at what is called a ceiling of efficiency. The Midnight Coup performs at a ceiling of efficiency. Aim assist... Aim assist, rate of fire, and damage output and impact are all at a ceiling. That's as good as that weapon archetype can get. It can't get any better than that. You can't kill trash ads any faster and reload any faster than you can with the Midnight Coup. It's just 
That's just the nature of it. Uh, Deflected Fire. What do you think about adding strike-specific mods to the heroic playlist as a bonus for grinding Zavala's bounties if they existed with the agency you talked about? Okay, you're saying strike-specific mods to the heroic playlist. Well, obviously... If you take my idea of contextual power where, like, IO armor comes with random benefits on IO, and if you wear a full set, they add up kind of how the Gambit Prime stuff adds up. You could do a similar thing with Vanguard armor, and when you run Vanguard Strikes, Nightfalls, or Story Missions, you get those random benefits, you know? They kind of they stack up. Similar idea. H2 Accord. Well, no, what do you think about having all the Nightfalls available to choose from like they did with the Ada weapon frames uh, would give us more intentional grind for strike loot? Here is where I think we can get into dangerous water because I think you can ask for too much freedom and too much agency and you can rob the game of some of its, some of its potency. When there's a week of... I can get the Warden's Law. I better get this done. I better make time. I better grind on the weekend with my buddy. There's something more winsome and alluring about that. It really pulls you in. When you finally get the one you want, it's a cause for celebration because maybe it was the last day before reset or maybe you got it done really, really early in the week. You finally get the role you want and now the rest of the week you can do something else. If you can always pick the Warden's Law Nightfall, then... My concern is you you are you're diluting some of the the weekly potency of destiny. I happen to think their decision with Ada's frames was a mistake. I don't think they should have done it. I don't think they should have done it. It's too much freedom. I think weekly rotations if they could have figured the rotations out this is what's frustrating is I feel like they had a great system that didn't work well and instead of fixing the system they punted they punted it's like well we can't get the frames to rotate properly so here's all the frames just shut up and leave us alone you know what I'm saying nobody would have complained about the lack of the sniper or the lack of machine gun if the dadgum frames would have rotated quickly one of the appeals in the allures of destiny is weekly rhythmic urgency here are the frames here is this here is that you have a week to do this and then next week it's something else the weekly weapon bounties idea that I've had if one week Zavala has a pair of gauntlets and a shotgun the next week he's got a helmet and a machine gun and it's rhythmic urgency it empowers you to check over the game and kind of see where do I want to focus my energy this week I think they could do something similar with the raid you can go through the raid and get your powerful drops, but if there was a raid NPC, each week had a rotating bounty. If you really want to get the shotgun, this is the week to grind the raid. Get your buddies together and really grind the raid. Personally, I don't know if you need the bounty system for raids, but that could that, I mean that could certainly help. I've I've argued that the raid needs to go uh, in a direction of uh, using internal currency and extra chests like they did in Wrath of the Machine. I think that system was perfect. That system was absolutely perfect. It enabled you to play more than three times in that week, and then you could then you could go for a specific item because you knew which chests drop what. Now, obviously, you couldn't open the chest more than once, but still, it was a good layer of intentionality. I happen to think that both Nightfall rotation and Ada's frame rotation should be fixed, not just sort of like, oh, here's everything. Because, again, I worry about the potency of the game. That's why I liked Faction Rally. It's like, 
you you've got a week to do this and if you don't you got to wait till next time now what i said they could do with faction rally is if week one you can grind future war cult for a hand cannon and a shotgun and then they go away and you didn't get the version that you wanted. Well, when week two rolls around, the hand cannon and the shotgun should just drop into the normal loot pool. So you can always grind after the week is up. That's fine. Week two, week is up. Whatever weapons they had go away, but the weapons from the previous week just fall into the normal loot pool and you can just chase them as much as you want. Deflected fire. Another idea, uh, what about intrinsic perk values from Prime rubbing off on Strike? Yeah, see, this is another thing they could try, is if you're going to say, here's a percentage benefit when you're on IO with these IO gauntlets. So let's say IO gauntlets add a 5% reload buff when you're on IO. It's just on top of whatever roll you get. Even if you don't have hand cannon reloader, it's just giving you a nice reload buff whenever you're on IO, okay? That that blanketed reload buff of 5%, maybe it becomes, what, 6% if you wear another piece, then 7, then 8, then 9, then 10. Ultimately, you can take the reload buff all the way up to 10% if you're wearing a full IO set, and everything else would do the same thing, right? The helmet would be generate orb more uh, generate orbs of light, uh, a chance to generate orbs of light on a critical kill. Okay, so it's at twenty five percent, and then it goes all the way up to like seventy five percent or a hundred percent. So when you're on IO, if you're getting critical kills, you're just making orbs, and then your chest piece could be some type of resistance. Your boots could be some type of ammo finder perk or something and then your mark could be I don't I don't know something we would need a bigger vault well what they would need to do agent grizzly is pair a loadout system with the collection system so what I do is is once I get a pair of gauntlets that I really really like from IO I would go to my collections and I would lock them in and say these are the these are the IO gauntlets that I want this is this is the version that I like so then when you change your loadout to IO, it's not pulling from your inventory. It just pulls it out of collections and puts it on your character. You do. You, we shouldn't need to have anything in our inventory. It should just pull it from collections. I should just be able to say, yeah, store this in collections. And then whenever I, I load up a strike and I'm like, oh, I'm on IO, I go in my menu. I go to my loadouts and I say give me loadout number 7 I know that loadout number 7 is my IO loadout and it just it pulls everything from collections and just changes my armor set sweet I got all the IO benefits done and then that saves up on inventory space it saves up on vault space and it uses the collections in a way that makes more sense than what it is now The the, the, the collections you know, I don't feel like they're using the collections in a way that even makes sense. Because it's like, we can't pull half the stuff out of here. It's almost like they just did it as like a hat tip to your old gear. You know? Collections plus loadout. I think I'm going to do a talk on that. Collections plus loadouts. Um, That'd be great. And then, oh man. This idea really gets really gets to take off now, okay? Hear me out. Hear me out. What if what if they did this, okay? So you can pull your IO loadout from collections. 
now every planet has its own weapon pyramid io has a pinnacle hand cannon a pinnacle shotgun a pinnacle rocket launcher a pinnacle everything now these pinnacle versions are curated roles in a, in a, in a role system so the pinnacle shotgun would be the curated role on the io shotgun you make the io shotgun look like the io armor you give it some dope roles now hear me out Sure, the EDZ shotgun and the IO shotgun might end up being very similar, both in how they perform and in their perks. So if you got a curated loadout, like a curated shotgun from the EDZ, it'd still be a great shotgun everywhere you take it, but you'd have one random EDZ perk, you know, chance to ignite enemies or something stupid. Just, Just something random, just something random, doesn't have to be amazing. Now, you're never done with Destiny. Never! Do you have a full loadout from the EDZ? Do you got a full armor set? Right? Do you have do, do all the guns from the EDZ? Do you have all the curated roles? That would take a lot of work. No, it wouldn't. The guns... Here's the thing! The guns already exist! The guns already exist! Lincoln Green Call to Serve, the old-fashioned Hawthorne Shotgun... There's your four EDZ weapons right there just to get you started. You can take the existing weapons and say, all right, these 10 go to the EDZ, these 10 go to IO, these 10 go here, these 10 go there, these 10 go there, and you just created weapon pyramids on every planet. You want the Braytech Winter Wolf? We added a really, really crazy, cool curated role. Do it. That's all you have to do. And then when you run a full armor set from Braytech or you run a full armor set uh, from IO, you get random perks on that planet and the guns themselves can also be significantly cooler than they are now. Here's the kicker too, right? Here's the kicker. If I get a full armor set from the EDZ and I'm a more casual player and it takes me a long time to do that and I get a curated role on like the old fashioned and Hawthorne shotgun, okay? Put the put the freaking elemental weapons down in the elemental slot too. Hawthorne shotgun is an energy weapon maybe? I can't remember where it is now. Anyway. If you're a more casual player, that's totally fine because those guns and those armor pieces were a couple of things number one they were targets for you to chase so you grinded for them to get the role that you wanted so even if you don't get the random edz benefits because let's say you're the flashpoints nessus or you're running a strike on mars it doesn't matter those are those are pieces of gear that are great everywhere those guns are great everywhere. They're at their best and they get cool random things going on whenever you're on the specific planets. So a casual player wouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get all the best stuff. This is so ridiculous. My efforts are futile. I, I think they would feel like, no, I, I was able to go after the armor set that I think looks the best. I got the roles that I wanted after a while and I got these cool curated roles on these weapons from Nessus or whatever. And now I can take this stuff with me anywhere and I feel like I've got top shelf loot. Obviously it feels a little bit more special when you're on the planet so they might start setting their sights on other weapons and other gear sets from the other planets. The most hardcore players would have full sets for every planet and if they're stored in collections you don't have a problem with your vault you don't have a problem with your inventory and if you have a loadout system that pulls them from collections you have a massive amount of depth and grind that hits the player base on a spectrum 
the more casual players have that volition they have that intentionality to chase the guns and the armor that they want and the hardcore player can go full full bore at it and go for a full set and a full loadout from every single planet right It'd be a bummer if I really liked the planet's weapon, but I couldn't use the perks in other places. Well, no, hear me out, hey shiz. Let's say that there's a trench barrel shotgun, and you get a great roll on it. It's considered a god roll for that shotgun. There would be one extra random perk that would activate on its planet of origin. The rest of the perks and the rest of the roll would be totally fine. It would work everywhere. But again, like some random perk like chance to ignite enemies on fire or something. Nothing significant or game changing. It just kind of lets you know, hey, you're on home turf right now. That shotgun's every once in a while lighting stuff on fire. You know. YouTube Velotics. What would you think if they would customize the modifiers for strikes like the one for the nightfall that gives you uh, from Zer, but would have at least one negative effect modifier? Well, I mean... I- I don't know if this is a big front burner issue right now. Uh, we can customize modifiers for nightfalls. Do you really need to customize every single thing that you're doing? Oh, I want to be able to pick my forge weapon. I want to be able to pick from all of the nightfalls. I want to be able to pick my own modifiers for the strikes. Again, you don't want to neuter the potency of destiny. There could be something exciting about this week is rainbow burn with daybreak. Holy frick. Right? I don't know. But when you're like, oh, I'm just going to pick... I'm going to pick the modifiers. I, that, that Again, too much freedom can, I think, be a bad thing. Sacrificer. Why not add all of the small planets and strike-specific perks uh, added to emblems that are tied to those activities? I mean, that might simplify it. That might simplify it, but you're still going to have a way, you're still going to have to have a way of changing your loadout. Or are you just saying you would change your you would change the your emblem and get all those benefits I think that there's something more special about having a full set from Anna Bray and switching to that set and getting those benefits uh, J2808 Games are you ready for the spring event and what are your thoughts on it keep up the great streams not been able to watch for a while doing navy stuff keep up the great work well you know thank you for your service and i as far as i'm ready for the spring event i'm hoping that the verdant forest is a fun grind i'm hoping it's a fun grind the most disappointing part of the verdant forest is it sounds like it just leads to an exotic instead of like an actual grind that can lead to uh different pieces of loot or different roles uh vsn sad do you think Trials of Osiris will be back in D3 or not at all? You used to love to play D1 and hop on every day to play Trials uh, as endgame content. When there was nothing to do, there was a goal and it felt really competitive. I think Trials engagement is, is the biggest thing standing in its way. Because um, I don't think tons of people played it. I think it was a pretty small group of people. Now you gotta remember, people are like, well, there's a small group of people that play raids. Right, raids don't need managed on a weekly basis. Um, raids don't cause patches, map changes, meta changes. So, I think Trials is likely to return. If it does, it'll be in a much different way. There's a rumor that, you know, they're going to have Trials playable at Guardian Con. I, maybe. I don't know if I'd hold my breath on that one. Now, if they do something like that, they would probably tie that together with a tournament. And have people and have some of the better players like jumping back in and playing. So you might know that's coming 
if you suddenly start seeing more and more, you know, PvP players jumping on Destiny and kind of brushing up and practicing. <laughs> the other reason that Trials would struggle to come back right now, especially, would be because of the map design. Now, in D3, as you're asking, I, my prediction has been that they're going to completely jettison the idea of having a competitive Crucible, and they're going to... They're they're gonna they're gonna go in the direction of like bigger, more open battles and really embrace the space magic. They constantly nerf and buff weapons for raids. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, d- significant meta changes, super changes, weapon changes, archetypal changes. Uh, most th- th- most of the the nerfs have been attributed to PvP. Almost nothing would be attributed to raids. The, the raids are like, you could fit the raid adjustments on a post-it note. Like, the adjustments to the meta over the years is like a Kroger receipt of, here's all the changes that have taken place because of PvP. So, I just continue to think, they tried, they tried the competitive route. They tried to strip things down. They tried to go super balanced. They tried to go with, you know, more linear, flat team, team play maps. And it just didn't work. Um... So I think they're going to pivot away. Bungie has shown they have this propensity to do pendulum swings. And in my mind, D2 vanilla PVP is is going to be serve as a pendulum swing that they swing away from. And they go to larger maps, larger engagement engagements, more space magic, uh, you know, let the game breathe. Because I don't necessarily think people that love Destiny... Okay, they don't hate power weapons, they don't hate supers, they don't hate shotguns, they don't hate shoulder charge, right? They don't like the frequency with which they are killed by those things. On certain maps and some games, you're like, did I get in a single gunfight? I don't think I did. You get shoulder charged, then you get killed by a hammerhead, then you get killed by a shotgun, then you get killed by a super, then you get killed by the same super because the person, basically, it spawns you in their path, and a lot of the supers add insane agility and forward momentum. So, you know, heavy weapons and all that, I think if the maps were larger and they allowed people to get a little further apart, the game would breathe a little bit and the frequency of those items would be less prevalent which isn't a nerf it's not a nerf it's sort of lowering their potency and their frequency while still having them be the shotguns and the shoulder charge and the machine guns can be just as strong but they don't they're not as they're not as potent and one size fits all and mindless as they are right now so many of the maps just feel like a freaking meat grinder where there's almost no gunfights old school Destiny 2, having been largely disappointing from launch and having persistent tarnish, do you think Bungie will limit resources to D2 now that they are independent focused largely on D3, especially since any focus on D2 will only benefit other studios? Well, I think we can already see evidences of this happening. I think Luke Smith, when he addressed the community in the TWAB, said that you know most of the studio, most everyone here, or something like that. He used a phrase to basically say, "This is me. This is me paraphrasing Luke Smith. Most of the most of Bungie is eyes forward to Destiny Three. He essentially said that." I think whatever they had built for September, if they were building the structures and the content for another Comet DLC, I think they broke that apart. That's going to be the initiation of the next annual pass. I think the beginning of the annual pass will be uh, 
will be bigger than like the forge and opulence and everything else it'll be a pretty big injection and then the annual pass is going to be used to get us through another year with limited support limited live team support limited adjustments limited sandbox stuff i think they've shifted tons of personnel to the next game and that's why the annual pass is going to be the main mechanism by which they keep destiny 2 going I also think you can anticipate more things like Arc Week, where they say, hey, this week's got a theme, and we got some emotes for you to buy. I wouldn't be surprised if they do more of that. Why? They need to make money from Destiny 2. And now when they start introducing stuff in the Eververse, they start doing new things, they start doing new you know, revenue-generating lanes, I think they get more of that money because they're not revenue-sharing with Activision any longer. So they're going to probably push for more of that as well. That's going to kind of keep them and the game afloat all the way to the next game. Now, I don't know if that means you're getting Destiny 3 next year. Part of me really hopes they push Destiny 3 into 2021 and really take their time with it. If we get Destiny 3 in 2020, I'll have a lot of lingering concerns. Is the game going to be big enough? Is it going to be changed enough? Is it going to be in a new engine? Is it going to have dedicated servers? Or is it going to feel like, well, here's another very limited, instance-based, peer-to-peer, you know, Destiny that will slowly but surely look less appealing as new consoles drop and as player-based expectations continue to shift? Uh, uh says, Why, uh, do you play Crucible competitively? What is your recommended loadout for Warlocks? I don't play Crucible competitively. I don't know what Warlocks are running right now in the Crucible. Uh, I know that the Nova Warp got nerfed pretty bad, and they tried to kind of bring it back with the most recent update. I don't know where it landed. Uh, as far as the guns to use, pretty much everybody's using like uh, Dust Rock Blues for the shotgun and like Ace of Spades maybe for a hand cannon if you don't have Luna uh, Luna's Howler or Not Forgotten you're going to run you know you're going to run that uh, you could run Ace of Spades in, in place of those uh, if you do have a pretty good energy primary you can run the Dust Rock Blues if you don't have a good Dust Rock Blues you can try to get a good Badlander for your shotgun and if you don't have a good Badlander, you could farm the Mindbender Strike when it's around and try and get that shotgun. I think the Mindbender... Does that land in the Energy Slot or the Kinetic Slot? I can't remember. I didn't grind for one. Um, now, as far as what you're going to use for Super, I think the Dawn Blade is really, really strong. Okay, so the, the Mindbender Shotgun is Energy. So you could farm for a Mindbender Shotgun, use the Ace of Spades, and like, I don't know, a Hammerhead Machine Gun. And you'd be pretty strong. And the Dawnblade Super is pretty, pretty, pretty strong super in the Crucible. A lot of forward momentum, a lot of good tracking. H22 Accord. According to Light GG, armor from Verdant Forest cannot come with enhanced perks. Are you still gonna grind for the armor sets? I don't know. I like grinding for stuff that's cool, and if they give me intentionality over the grind, then I might do it. If they're just random drops, then it's hard to say. If I know this can give me gauntlets, this can give me boots, this can give me that, then maybe. But if they can't drop with enhanced perks, that's kind of disappointing. Uh, what about tying armor sets to the corresponding emblem for the city or activity? I don't know why you guys keep asking this. I don't know what you mean. I mean, if, if it's tied to it, then you have to have, what, the ornament on? And then the, or- I'm sorry, the, the, the emblem does something. You don't need this. Even if you did this, you're still going to have the armor set that you need to wear, you know, you need to, you need to use, you need to wear. 
Uh, will we still be able to get Pinnacle Weapons after the Revelry update? Yes, yeah, Pinnacle Weapons don't go away. They were temporarily disabled because of an exploit for you to get, like, infinite enhancement cores. So, uh, update needed? I don't think so. That's the last question. Update needed? I don't think so. In exactly one minute, the Revelry's gonna start. So I'm gonna chop the episode here. Don't go anywhere. If you're here live, stick around and click follow if you enjoy this, this type of content, interactive radio show. I'm gonna go full screen and turn the game sound on for the Revelry. As always, if you're listening in the other locations, I appreciate you watching or listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.